It is my privilege this morning to introduce to you our speaker. Eric Pang uh, is married to Janice, and Eric and Janice have an almost two-year-old daughter named Chloe. Eric has been uh, working at By the Hand Club for Kids uh, for four years uh, and is currently the North and West uh, Volunteer Regional Manager. Uh, in the past, he had also for four years been the community engagement pastor at Ninth Hour uh, Covenant Church in the city. Uh, Eric graduated uh, from UIC in 2007 with his uh, bachelor's in psychology, received his master's of divinity at uh, Moody Theological Seminary. Eric says about himself uh, that he is passionate about justice, advocacy, and ra racial reconciliation. He loves the city, food, basketball, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, and of course, Jesus. <laughs> he did leave out one important uh, sport, uh, which happens to be the greatest sport in the world, soccer. Um, but we will still let him speak this morning, uh, despite that hiccup. Excited to have him here with us. Uh, Carolyn Lundgren and I are uh, working with uh, our partners. have had the opportunity to get to know Eric a lot over the last year and have really enjoyed the opportunities uh, to hear his heart. Uh, and so excited for you guys all to hear from him uh, this morning. Before we hand it over uh, to Eric, though, excited to have PJ Dooling. So PJ, come on up. One of our congregants here at Calvary, uh, she's going to share with you about her experience of volunteering at By the Hand Club for Kids. So let's welcome PJ. Good morning. I am now in my third school year of volunteering at the Austin site for By the Hand. I serve in the kitchen on Tuesday nights, affectionately known as Taco Tuesdays. But don't misunderstand me. There is no cooking involved when helping in the kitchen, only serving food. Every Tuesday night, I man the refried beans, the black beans, or the Spanish rice station, right between the taco meat and the shredded cheese. As simple as this task may sound, for me it is a great illustration of all that By the Hand accomplishes. By the Hand loves kids' mind, body, and soul. We feed them a physical dinner when they arrive and a snack before they leave. We give them spiritual food for their souls through chapel and Bible teaching and we engage their minds by feeding them academically, raising their reading levels and their GPAs. And we love them with intense purpose, modeling Christ-like protection and acceptance on a nightly basis. John 10.10 10 tells us, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is exactly what we want for our precious students, for them to walk in the abundance of new life with Jesus Christ. By the hand and Tuesday nights don't always feel convenient, nor easy at times. Many nights on the way down to Austin, I need the Holy Spirit to remind me that whatever I do to the least of my little brothers and sisters, I do unto him. And as I dish out my black beans, I pray in every way possible our children will be totally fed that night. The first semester I volunteered at By the Hand, I tutored kids and helped them with their homework. The biggest challenge, two things, understanding common core math at a fifth grade level <laughs> and getting them to settle down and do their homework. 
I was allowed to take my young lady down to the chapel area and work with her one-on-one. -on -one. And we struck a great deal. It was highly technical. She loved to play with my gray hair. And as long as she got her homework done, and it was correct, she could then use the rest of the night to take my brush and give me a new hairstyle for the night. <laughs> Whatever you think you might be giving will be twice poured back to you. These kids and your long-standing relationship with them will enrich you beyond measure. On Tuesday night, I got the chance to speak to a young man who I started with in the fifth grade and now is in the eighth grade. And I was the, he was my first student on my first night at By the Hand, and I took he and his friend down to the chapel again to tutor. And before I could even get homework out of my mouth, they quickly asked me to show them my whip and nene. Now, <laughs> I was about to turn 60, and I had no idea what a whip and nene was. <laughs> and after they picked themselves up off the floor laughing, they took about five more minutes and showed me what the whip and nene was and told me about the song. We finally did get their homework done, but what we had to do first was establish some common ground. We planted a few seeds that night, and year by year I've seen those seeds of trust and faith and the reflection of God's love grow deeper and deeper. Children make up half of this world's population. By the Hand brings hope and a positive future to some of Chicago's most needy kids. Join us at the Austin site and watch with me as the Lord changes lives, young lives, mind, body, and soul. Thank you. <laughs> CJ, thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Good morning, Calvary. How are you guys doing? Uh, it's a pleasure being here with you all this morning. Uh, thank you, uh, Ms. PJ. Uh, she has been such a rock star volunteer for us. And um, we do have some uh, family here today. Uh, we have our Moving Ever staff over here. Uh, what's up? Say hi to them. Uh, they love going to different places with, uh, with the parents, uh, coming to just worship with you all, because we, we sense that God's family is uh, not just narrowed down to... Um, what is our media family, but uh, beyond that. Um, and so my name is Eric. I, um, I know Pastor Johnny talked about football, but um, <laughs> I mean uh, soccer. <laughs> you know, football is actually their technical term, but um, <laughs> when you see Chicago Fire, you know why no one's a fan. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then I'm a Bulls fan right now, so sad. Uh, <laughs> we're not in any good shape either, but uh, the Lord is good, and he's, he's faithful. Amen? So uh, he'll... He'll get us there. Uh, but it's such a great partnership that we have here. I'm just so thankful for the, uh, uh, the pastors, the leaders here, and especially um, those who have just uh, been praying with us and just been uh, a part of just what uh, God is doing at Bound the Hand, and uh, especially in the Austin neighborhood. Um, is there any volunteers here from the previous years to, to current? Any of you guys volunteering here? Represent? All right. Awesome. Yeah, we love you guys, and we're just so thankful for it. Uh, but the way that I got involved with Bob the Hand Club was that um, I uh, was a youth pastor back in the day, um, uh, back in 2011 in the West Suburbs, and I brought my kids 
uh, to Chicago, and uh, uh, we were partnered with By the Hand during that time. And I just remember just uh, before the two new buildings were up, I was actually at the corner church, and I uh, just was working with um, Don Trell, um, uh, with, uh, uh, with James, and, uh, but I was working with a sixth grader as well, and uh, just kind of working through his homework, and just, uh, just as uh, Ms. PJ kind of felt through that was... Uh, just trying to get them to do their homework. And uh, I remember just reading and just asking the child, hey, read, 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 um, read your homework instructions out loud so we can work on it. And he was just struggling to do the words the and then, and it was just this baffling thing to me. Why is this child being pushed forward, um, a sixth grader moving forward, and he's not able to read even barely at a first grade level? And what does the gospel have to do with that, with this child who... Um, who God loves so deeply that God's made in his image. And it kind of spurred me on to relocate my family to Chicago and, and to join a church and to keep on calling by the hand. And, um, and Danita gave the okay to hire me. And I've uh, been with them ever since in this capacity. And uh, just so thankful uh, for, for the opportunity and, and, um, and knowing what my sermon is going to be about uh, it's going to be about children, right? You can kind of see the foreshadow of what we're going to talk about, right? Um, from a mile away, but especially in this holiday season, we kind of think about family and, and especially who's going to be around our, our Thanksgiving table. Uh, me and my family have opted out to get uh, Popeye's uh, Cajun turkey this year. So <laughs> mothers, if you, if you want to slip it as your own recipe, just go buy it and uh, enjoy your time with your family. Um, but that's what we're doing. Uh, but kind of think about family in, in that way. But I believe that God is trying to expand our minds and expand in our understanding of what truly the kingdom family actually looks like. And so can I just uh, give this time to the Lord? Can we just really uh, dedicate this time? And uh, why don't you just pray with me as we, we get started here? So Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. God, you love us, Lord. You love your people. And you love, love, love your church. That you would give your life. Um, you would die on the cross. You would call it your bride. And you would call yourself the groom. And God, may we take this time to, get, as we get into your word, that we would just encounter you. That we'd be transformed by your word. And Holy Spirit, just convict us, reveal it to us, and uh, may your word be put in good soil of our hearts so it can grow and multiply and, and bear great fruit for your name and for your kingdom. So we just invite you, Spirit, to come and, and to speak to me, in me, and through me. So we uh, celebrate you at this time, Lord. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our Lord. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I love this passage. I think it always reminds me of how Jesus oftentimes uh, teaches things that are, are absolutely outright not with society and their values. See, Jesus was doing his ministry and all this uproar about Jesus and what he was doing, who he was serving, who he was loving, uh, the least of these. And, and everyone just wanted a piece of him. If I can only, if he just look at me, if I could just even touch uh, him, if I could even just be around him, hear his teachings, all this uproar around him. And of course, parents, parents, why wouldn't you want to bring your child so that he, they, that 
Jesus could bless them. And they did. They brought their kids. And all of a sudden, you see um, the disciples really immediately. Because in the biblical times, when they looked at children back in the day, they saw them as burdens. They didn't see them as, they're, they're, they're saw as a stripping of, of resources and not their future. But then Jesus does something. Well, I don't know what the parents are thinking. Maybe it's just college, right? When uh, my baby came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to pay for college for this little one. Like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> is that how they thought back in the day? Um, didn't know if they had universities costing an arm and a leg, but whatever. Um, but, but here, Jesus says, no. He says, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. How profound is that? That in a society that doesn't even care for young ones and see them as a burden, Jesus uses them as the supreme example what the kingdom is made up of. That he says that my kingdom is made up of children just like this. And in fact, the kingdom that you want to enter, they are the supreme models for what it looks like to enter the kingdom. He says you had to have faith like a child to enter into it. And it's a beautiful reminder of how God loves children and how he sees the young ones. He takes them, puts them by the arm, blesses them, and laying his hands on them. What a beautiful picture of that. And Jesus is just revealing that this kingdom is just made up of children. And we are his child. And we should not forget that, that we are his child. We don't ever outgrow that. We never become uh, just men before God, men or women before God. We are his child. And how beautiful that picture is. And as I was studying this scripture, like I felt like God was just moving my heart, Matthew 12, 46, to kind of really bring it all together. Because Matthew 12, 46 to 50 kind of solidifies this glimpse of what Jesus and his family actually look like. Because in Matthew 12, 46, it says this, while they were still speaking to the people, behold, his mother, his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. He replied to the man who told him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? It's like, Jesus, uh, they're out there. I just told you, right? Uh, no. And out he stretches his arms left and stretches it towards the disciples and says, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus' understanding of, 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 of his family goes beyond just any stereotypes, any, any geographical location, any denominations, theology, race, or socioeconomic level or political affiliations. Jesus is saying, whoever does the will of the Lord is actually my child, and they are part of my family. Not just a close aunt or uncle, literally. Jesus is saying that these are my mothers, my brothers, 
my fathers, my sisters. No, Jesus has only one father, so <laughs> he's exempt from that. But for us, we can exemplify that. And this is the spiritual uh, kingdom kinship that we're kind of talking through. Because we're talking about kinship. Kinship has to do with family. It's related and it's sharing a common bloodline or ancestry, um, a common um, ground in that way or a name. But for Christians, we enjoy a kinship in Christ. In the Lord's church, we are kin to one another. We are family. We are related by blood. It's not by the, real, the, the, the direct blood, but the blood of Jesus Christ. We have all been bought by, the blood, by his blood, washed by it, redeemed by it, and born again to his family. That makes us brothers and sisters in Christ, not what we say or who is at our dinner table. And this association and connection, we are family, y'all. Therefore, you are my family. I am yours. And it goes beyond the four walls of this church. We are the capital C church. And that's a beautiful thing as we can see each other made in God's image, seeing each other as not just a person across the road from us, that you, my brother or sister, regardless of the pigmentation in your skin, Regardless of where you live, you are a child of God, and I'm a child, and we're in the same family. So Jesus on the cross, on, he tore the veil, y'all, on the cross. And that's the most beautiful thing as we, you, we were on the fringes. We're all Gentiles, unless you're Hasidic uh, Jews. Um, I'm from Palatine, so I'm close to it. I'm Palatinian, but um, it's kind of... <laughs> Just want to put it out there a little bit. Might be second class a little bit, but it's, it's, we're not keeping score, right? We're all family. Um, but he inaugurated the kingdom by touring the veil and inaugurated this kingdom that was, and then the way I see it and the, and the perspective that I see it is Jesus is just trying to grow his family. Because there's people out there, there's children in our ministries, there are children and by the hand club that may or may not know that they're a child of God but they can come to realization. And some of us, we had to come to realize that, man, I am a child of God at some point. Amen? It wasn't just that we were judging them by like, hey, this is where you do, this is where you live, this is what you are. But man, Jesus is on a mission to expand his family, to bring people back to where they belong in spiritual kinship with him. Guys at work, and he's doing it through our kids and our families out here. And uh, there's uh, uh, this one story where uh, there's a first grader at Moving Everest, Malaya. Uh, no one put it in her mind, but for her, as she's grown in Christ and growing in Jesus and loving him and coming to know who she is in him, uh, she feels called to be a pastor and a, uh, to plant churches in her community in Austin. How cool is that, right? That she sees that Jesus is needed there. And for her, what does it look like for us as a family to adopt and say, encourage a daughter like her to pursue and to live, um, to live for God and to pursue all that she has or all he has for her? What would it look like 
And this idea of familiar, family, kinship needs to be brought in it towards, um, towards multicultural, multiracial. And Calvary Memorial, you guys have been a big part of that. You guys have 19 of your 19 volunteers coming weekly at, at, our, at our ministries. And for me, as the volunteer regional manager, I want more. <laughs> I would love to see more of y'all just giving an hour of your time to do that. But here you are, reaching out in Austin, saying that, man, those, these communities, these children are, are my brothers and sisters. These are my siblings. And I think that's a beautiful picture. How incredibly powerful it is to know that we can be spiritual parents and siblings to our kids that might not look like us, not come from a different background, might have different challenges than us, but we can have the privilege of being in relationship because we are family. We see this happening at by the hand occasionally. I know with our team leaders who are models and, and godly men and women, and especially our volunteers as well, that kids see them as, um, as spiritual parents, spiritual older brothers and sisters, uncles, aunts. We have Yesenia. Yesenia, represent. Where's Yesenia? Right there. Um, she's our spiritual director at Moving, Moving Everest and just blessed by her ministry. But she gets the blessing of really ministering to uh, her children, uh, her spiritual children. And there are times where she does these amazing videos. If you guys haven't seen these amazing videos that she does for chapel and, and Bible study, it's, a, it's incredible. But uh, as she's on the screen, there are kids that are like touching the screen saying, Mom, that's my mom. There's an instance where she was uh, doing a lesson and one of the uh, kids stood up and said, I'm your son. It's like, I'm not paying for a college, right? I'm not paying for college, right? I, I could be your, you could be my son, but maybe not college. Um, just joking. Uh, just joking um, that's what I would have said. I'm like, oh, no, I'm joking. I'm like, you're my, you're my spiritual son. Um, but then on a camping trip, I think Tehran said this really magical moment and gave me goosebumps. He asked them, why do you love us as if we were your children? And the simple answer is that. It's because you are my child. You are part of my family. There are no barriers. And we, we think about the kingdom of God. Why we send up barriers towards anyone coming when Jesus tore the veil and he's inviting anyone to come into relationship with him and into his family. And we, 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 we don't create barriers. We actually make inroads for, fam- for people to come to him. He's adopted us, you and me into his family, and we can praise his name for that. And our kids are in need of of God's family. They have amazing parents. But when we talk about families, when we take about uh, raising, it takes a a village to raise a a child. Man, it takes a kingdom. (laughs) It takes the kingdom of God to actually raise disciples in his name. Amen? And that's where we come along. To, to disciple and encourage and to uh, make sure that the, the next generation follows and knows the Lord who is so good, who loves them so deeply. What would that look like to come alongside 
and for us mutually come together from the Austin neighborhood to, to Oak Park. Let's not make those dividing lines. And you guys haven't. And I love the church for doing that. And that's why I see myself as coming to by the hand when I saw um, Don Trell back in 2011 and, and, and James, who was a fourth grader back then, and, and I came working for Bother Hand about three or four years later. It was incredible. I saw Don Trell um, as a senior when I came back and saw him just graduate high school and, and help him with homework and helping him not to speed read, <laughs> but to actually read. Um, was cool. And just, uh, just seeing them grow and just to see that by the hand was such a big part of their lives. And it was teaching them the ways of the Lord. And it stuck with them. And I still text with him. It's incredible. So we are blessed to be able to have the extended family of Christ here in one another and also around the city. If you really want to see the glimpse of the kingdom, I mean, listen to these prayer requests from our kids. And when I am challenged by the Christ-likeness, the, uh, the, 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 the childlike faith that they have, it's, in, it's incredible. Because these are our kids that, that need the support and love and care. Shanice uh, from Austin, fifth grader, we asked, we asked uh, these students to give us prayer requests for our prayer summit, and some of you guys attended that. We really appreciate it. But they uh, wrote these prayer requests, and we didn't give them any, any real um, uh, directions. And here we have Shanice, fifth grader. I love you, God. That's the first thing she says, is I love you, God. You have been a dad in my life. I pray that you will watch over my sister, friends, and me. Wow. That she sees God the Father as, man, that's, you've been my, you've been my father. You've been my dad. Kenya, sixth grader, said, I pray everyone becomes a Christian. <laughs> Simple as that. She understands. Man, if we have more people, more Christians, that means our family gets bigger. This is awesome. Let's do it. Bryce, eighth grader. My prayer request is to make sure I take care of my family and myself, praying that we live lives God wants us to live and follow our dreams. Pray that God will help me with my basketball skills. I love that. He put that down. I prayed this too, and I became a pastor. So uh, <laughs> might want to shift that a little bit, you know, and encourage him in a different direction. But, but, but he says this, that pray that we live lives that God wants us to live. How can we honor you, God? And we as a family can direct our young ones to Christ and to, to the fruition of who they were created to be, fearfully and wonderfully made, made in God's image with value. And what does that look like to come alongside them? You have two more stories because I love, love stories, right? Amen? We're even going, right? Um, take the site directors or just sitting there to come up here and they can share all they want. Uh, they'll be here all night, y'all. So they'll be here. Uh, but we have two sisters that they were sharing me with. Kashira and Zania, um, they were... They love chapel. They love Bible study. And they're just growing in, at, by the hand. And, her, she's, and, and their mother was in a room the other day, just doing her thing. And then if you guys have family, I have my two-year-old daughter, uh, soon to be. And when she's making noise, I know where she is. I know what she's doing. But then when she's all dead silent, you're like, oh, no. Uh, 
Make sure to dial 911, get it ready, because you don't know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, the scene was crazy. They saw stuffed animals lined up with their baby infant next to him. And they had the Bible, and they were just sharing and singing praise songs. Um, in one of our site director's words, uh, many stuffed animals got saved that day. Um, <laughs> But the mom during that time asked, what are you, what are you doing? And, uh, and our, these kids take chapel and Bible study really seriously. They take their faith in God really seriously. And they said, mom, this is God's time right now. This is quiet time. How powerful is that? When's the last time we took stuffed animals and, and uh, witnessed to them? And I'm joking, but it's a powerful thing to see these kids so eager to share God's love and, his, and, 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 and the gospel. That it's, it's incredible. Another parent who had a son and a daughter, they always loved singing songs and scriptures and, and worship songs. And it got to a point where the mom went back, to, back in her day, wow, I used to grow up going to church hearing these songs. And was just so compelled by it that at some point she went back to church, rededicated her life to Jesus Christ. And it's incredible to see God's what he's trying to do today. He's trying to expand it. He's trying to claim and show us that there's spiritual kinship that's beyond just our own bloodlines. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and those are our daughters and sons. And one supreme example for, for myself and a lot of our staff is is um, our executive director and leader and servant of the Lord, uh, Danita Travis. She is, uh, she's been a spiritual mother to, starting off with 16 kids in Cabrini Green, but she's a spiritual mother of 1,300 <laughs> this year. And she has grown the ministry. And for her, she has a very healthy, clear understanding of what the kingdom of of God and the family looks like. And so can we give a warm welcome to Miss Danita? She shares with us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. And I tell you, it's a double pleasure for me because I have my Calvary family I have my By the Hand Club family, including staff and parents. We have a number of parents with us today. And then we have about 20 kids upstairs uh, in Sunday school right now. Isn't that awesome? So talk about family. Woo! The only thing that would make this better is if we had a family meal together planned right after service today. We'll have to uh, see if we can't make that happen next time, Lamont. We'll even bring a pie, right? <laughs> but it's a pleasure to be here. Um, number one, just to say thank you for all that you're doing for the Lord and our kids at By the Hand Club, but also to share with you about our mission expansion and God willing, send a few more people over to Buy the Hand Club to serve with us there. Um, I met Pastor Johnny this morning, who is your uh, missions pastor, pastor of, of global outreach. 
And I was told that Pastor Johnny says that a worship service is a gathering and then ascending. And just to make sure that you don't miss it, this is the sending part of the service, okay? You got it? Um, and as I think about sending, um, I learned a couple of things recently that I wanted to share with you. Number one, um, there is no greater uh, people group, no more important people group for us to reach than children. Um, for years, missions pastors have talked, they've talked about the 1040 window. But the man who came up with that phrase, his name is Dr. Lewis Bush, has recently coined a new phrase, and it's called the 4 to 14 window. 4 to 14, referring to kids ages 4 to 14, because 85% of people who come to Saving Faith in Christ do so between ages 4 and 14. Um, I don't want to see a show of hands because I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but I was 10 years old when I gave my life to Christ. I knew about Jesus. I was born um, into a Christian home, so I knew about Jesus before that time, but 10 years old when I gave my life to Jesus, and I imagine that that's the case for many of you. If you wait much beyond that 14, if you get into the um, higher teen years, it's very unlikely that that person will come to Christ. And then, PJ, did you mention, I know you did in the first service, but half of our world's population is children. So again, huge outreach opportunity with kids. And then the other thing is, I love what D.L. Moody said. D.L. Moody uh, went home after a long day, and he said, you know, praise God, I led two and a half people to Christ today. And his wife said, is that two adults and a child? And he said, no, it's two children and an adult because the children have their entire life ahead of them. An adult only has part of their life ahead of them. So when we reach children for Christ, they have their entire life to spend serving, um, serving God. He later, D.L. Moody later in life said, if I could relive my life, I would devote my entire ministry to reaching children for God. Wow. So I just want to say thank you, Calvary, for helping us reach children for God. Um, it's um, just really exciting to think about all the ways that you're helping us do, do that. This is my first time here to Calvary. So to go in the uh, cafe and see the By the Hand Club corner and the photos and the information there, as Lamont said, or not Lamont, but uh, see, I get more than one of my kids in the room at the same time, and I start calling them each other's names. But as um, Eric mentioned, we have 19 Calvary members who are serving with us faithfully as volunteers today. We have uh, one of our senior leaders who's on staff with us, has been on staff with us for a number of years. She's been a longtime member here at Calvary. Uh, you've done some special things, like you jumped in last minute and helped us buy 100 Christmas presents for our kids um, last year. So we are so thankful for all the ways that you're helping us um, reach children for God. As a result of all of that, just wanted to share some updates. Last year, half of our kids finished the year on the honor roll. Honor roll, that's, uh, yeah, we can go ahead. Our kids grew uh, more than a grade level in reading, but we have By the Hand Club moving Everest in the house. Uh, the kids at By the Hand Club moving Everest grew 1.5 grade levels in reading this last year. 
I know. We have 10 third graders at By the Hand Club Moving Everest who are actually reading at a sixth grade level. So, um, you know, praise God, we're moving kids ahead, graduating from high school, going to college at rates higher than what you see in in the nation, much higher than what what we see in our neighborhoods. The most important part, though, is that um, 88% of our kids say that they've trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, That's right. So in terms of mission expansion, we're adding 90 kids a year right here in Austin. We'll do that for the next five years. Today, we're serving 600 kids in the after-school time frame. Uh, In five years from now, we'll be serving over 1,000 kids in the after-school time frame. And I can tell you, we can't do it without, (laughs) I see Michelle saying, (laughs) we cannot do it without your help. Is that clear? So I'm sending you, I'm sending you today, I'm sending you to the table that's in the lobby, and we'll have a number of staff and and, um, parents and others there to greet you and give you more information about how you can pray for us, how you can volunteer with us. So come and see us at the table today. Good. Was Was that clear enough, Eric? Good. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, I I, uh, just praise you and thank you, Lord, that we can call you Father. I am so grateful, Lord, that I am your child, that I'm in your family, that I'm here with your family today, Lord. Dear God, I just pray that as we think about children, um, that you would give us your heart for kids, that we would see children like you see them, Jesus, that you would break our hearts for children, Lord, and that you would again, send us, that we would say, here I am, send me. Lord, we know that once you send us, that you'll equip us for the call, the strength, the time, the wisdom, the knowledge, everything we need. So we just entrust this to you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.